Hi, I'm Stuart Huff. At night, I'm a stand-up comedian, but during the day, I spend my time roaming through junk shops that hopefully smell like mildew. I'm not looking for antiques. No, I'm looking for items that spark my curiosity. And if they're the right price, then they come home with me. This podcast is accurately named Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. Welcome to another episode of Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. That's two in a row. Yeah, you're, you're on, on, on That's your two in a row. Today. That's two in a row. Stuart's as junk. soon as I memorize the title, I'll stop the podcast, you know? So we have Danny Bevins and Lowell with, with us this, this episode. And now, the last episode, the three of us, well, the two of you and I learned a tremendous amount, right? I had questions because I, I, I've always struggled with this idea that you're a Christian in a military. You know, I've understood those two don't seem to fit together like a, you know, they shouldn't fit like a puzzle piece, but yet they see, you know. I've always struggled with that idea, you know. So now let's talk about this from a different point of view. All right. Okay. Um, let's uh, let me tell this story. We'll start like this. Okay. We'll start like this. So I'm in Indianapolis. <clears throat> uh, I do my show. This seven eight years ago, right? I do my show. Uh, guy, uh, guy comes up to me after the show. We start talking. That's the way I met Lowell. Lowell just comes walking up to me. I don't know the man at all, you know, and he doesn't small talk me at all. He, he yeah. just walks up. We, 10 minutes later, we're talking about Nietzsche. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. And we, and we haven't stopped. We've taken breaks where we don't see each other, but every time right. we just, you know, pick up where we left off. Yeah. So this, I'm in Indianapolis one night, this guy comes up to me after the show and we just, we just start talking. Right. It's fascinating conversation, you know. So we're talking about the stuff that I had brought up on stage, okay? That I, you know. and then, uh, and at, at that night I had told a story about an abortion that a, an ex girlfriend and I have went through, and you know, I, I hit some topics, you know what I'm saying? Right. So then, twenty minutes, thirty minutes into this conversation with this gentleman, I said, you know, what do you do? We've been talking about me and these points I brought up on said, what do you do? He goes, oh, I'm the Methodist preacher here in town, and <laughs> and it. I shut up. I mean, it hit me, you know, I mean, I, I just, cause I couldn't fathom the fact that I had brought up some of these, you know, a few hot button issues for a lot of Christians. Right. right. And he not only wasn't offended at all, he was fascinated by the issues I brought up. Cause you challenged him. Yeah. And he loved it. And he comes right. up to me and wants to talk more about this. Okay. So we, and I said to him, let's go to lunch. Let's go to lunch tomorrow. Or he might have said it to me. I don't remember, but we, we go to lunch. So we sit down and I, we, we sit down and I, I said to him, first question, I said, let me, let me ask you something because it's just gonna, I need to know, do you, is the Bible the literal word of God? And he goes, have you read it? <laughs> I said, yes, I've read it. He goes, hell no. <laughs> what do you, who, who in their right mind could believe that? It's right from the beginning. Boom. Right. Yeah, but I mean, the beginning of the book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. right in the beginning of the book. If you read that and you don't go, what the fuck? You know, I mean, yeah, go right, ahead. right, right, right. Yeah. Well, if you've read so. about any other religion, you recognize that story from several religions. Of <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Like, well, duh, that sounds like Zoroaster's God. Yeah, there's so many. So It sounds like when, when a writer, you know when you're writing something and you're like, I don't have that yet, so 
but I'm going to put this in there <laughs> as a placeholder, <laughs> and we'll come back to that. It's and they just lady. never did. Like, you know what I mean? They were like, yeah, right. I don't know. You know, it's good. I'm kind of, I'm kind of going along with it. I'm, it's wearing on me now. <laughs> it's wearing on me. <laughs> let there be light, and then light, right? Why wouldn't there? <laughs> I'll add more to that later. Okay. I love that idea. I love that idea. Let there Place be light. Holder. Yeah, placeholder. Yeah, and then they they highlighted, you know, and and they dot 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 because yeah. that means I'm gonna add some. I'm gonna clarify. When you're writing a script and you're like, you know, and you go, okay, fuck, I don't know, but okay, but girl meets boy, and that's <laughs> right. it's just there because you know something needs to be there, later. right? Yeah. It, yeah. So uh, I I have a fascinating conversation with this gentleman, right, a Methodist preacher in Indianapolis, right, and we we talk and we I ask a ton of questions and this and that, okay, you know. Uh, and then the more I learn about this guy, the more interested I am in his theory. Let's go with that. His, okay. The way he has gone about his vision, okay, his road, all right? Right. I find out through a couple of other people that he had been fired from several churches for marrying homosexual couples Ooh. way before gay marriage was right, legal. It's not about love. Yeah. So, and he and he did it anyway. And they asked him. He was given a sermon one time about uh, Mary, the Virgin Mary, right? And he wasn't calling her the Virgin. He just said Mary, you right. know. Yeah. And then a couple of elders in the church came up and said, "Well, it was a good good sermon, but when you refer to Mary, please refer to her as the Virgin Mary, you know." And and he goes, "I don't know what her sexuality has to do with any of this, right? You know, he got fired from that church, you know." So he ends up in, in Indianapolis, you know, where he, his vision of church is this. First of all, he believes you live wherever the congregation is, okay? So right. you don't preach in the poor section of town and then you have a nice house on the outskirts. That's, that's BS in his mind. This is his church. This is where he lives. He wants to know everybody in the community, you know, right. and he wants to bring the community in. He doesn't give a crap if you, what you believe, what you don't believe is not his business. Come on in. You know, you need help. Come on in. You know, he's this. a shepherd to this flock. Wow, sounds like Jesus. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's so, you know, you, so obviously you, that went over like a fucking. Yeah, get rid of him. There was a big to do. Uh, uh, he's in the poor section of of Indianapolis, right? And um, you know, so anyway, he, he, there was a thing a couple years ago, and I had to sit down and think about this after I learned it. Uh, one of the kids in his congregation, right? He's like fifteen or something, fifteen year old boy. He he's breaking into someone's home. Okay, he's climbing into the window at three in the morning or whatever it was. And the homeowner's home asleep and wakes up, freaks out, grabs the gun, kills the kid. Right. Right. Yeah. So, preacher goes to the family. He's known this family. They're part of the church. They're part of the community. He goes to their home and he rolls his sleeves up and he's vacuuming floors and he's cooking meals. They don't need to to-do list stuff they don't need to worry about this stuff they don't need to be washing dishes they need to be crying and grieving you know right. so he's there doing what needs to be done right and he, when he left their home he went to the shooter's home vacuumed his floor did his dishes took care of him and i i looked at the preacher i said i gotta be honest with you man that option was not in my head i just i my brain wouldn't have you know i wouldn't have even gotten to the stage where i said i should go check on him no, screw him. I didn't even get to that part. Right, I didn't right. even, the love, my love didn't even extend to, I don't, you know, who will, who's going to look at him? And he looked at me and he said, hey, he just killed someone. 
I can't even imagine how he feels inside. Right. I need to be there too. I need to be there too. Right. You know. And the more I learned about this man, the more you know. You know what I mean? It's like it's fabulous. And yeah. Then the, and then the, like the the top church people called him in, and they were like, Yeah, 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 yeah. But how are we going to make money off of this? <laughs> And, uh, he's going broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you well, it just sounds like a beautiful human being. I mean, it, he's you know, a beautiful it's just naturally, human you know. And again, um, is this possible? Is it possible that you can be a beautiful enough human being that the virus of religion can't destroy the the immune system of your of love and kindness I and, think and, and you, you can energy. transcend I think so. if 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 at your core you are that person this guy whether mm-hmm. he was a methodist minister whether he was a buddhist monk whether he was an atheist this is probably the same actions he's going to take yeah i would say so i don't think i agree with lowell i do not think that he's acting this way because that's he's a I'm christian saying. right right this is who he is right Right. You know, and 1600, 2018, 50, 88, this is the person he is under any umbrella and under any flag. Right. That's the feeling I get. Well, his method right. of exploration is using the exoskeleton of religion right. to explore these things that he's interested in. It's just like I pick up a book on philosophy. Right. And, and I don't see those things as that far different. And when you have talks with religious leaders, Ones who have gone to seminary, who are part of formal religious training, a lot of them are very intellectual. Right. Oh, and, yeah. And, and they ask these questions more than you do. That's why they're in that profession. Right. They mm-hmm. were compelled because they need to know. They want to know, is this real? Right. But there's a mm-hmm. lot of people, too, that are, and I, I want to say this because I feel like I'm, there are a lot of people in religion that that's what they do it for, is to help people. You know, that's their thing. So that's their vehicle, whatever, you know, and again, like, you know, I've always thought that I hate it when people say, you know, how many people religion has killed. And I'm always like, ah, you know, not as many as people have. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and if you took away religion, it would, it would be something else that we put in that place that would allow us to go get them. And that's right. the, the thing. Right. Yeah. But there are people that and you do find it quite often in religion because it seems to be unfortunately the place where are the places that that's that's a part of their mission again like i'd love i wish we had our own church you know what i mean where we had a you know what i mean we could go and help them and afterwards they would be like is there a a thing something do we believe and yeah you know, if you get a chance, do this for somebody else. And that's it. And there you go. Know, and that's, that's, yeah. that's our book. Yeah, that's our book. You know. It's our book. It's, it's a pamphlet. It's more of a card. It's a, yeah, really. it's a card. Yeah, yeah. it's pay it forward. And yeah, and then that's, yeah. But it is, there are, as much as I get annoyed by religion, there are a lot of people that do that and they're really good at helping people in those moments when there's nobody else there. To help them. Didn't you, know? you say you've gone to a Unitarian church or go occasionally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if Unitarian Universalist church, a lot of that is really there's not a lot of dogma. You bring no. whatever your belief is into the door. Right. And then it's a group of people communing with different beliefs. They right. don't really care what your beliefs are. 
Right. They care about your actions. And they, they're, they're a great place for people to work in concert to achieve. That's good. a great way of saying it, too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not about what you believe. It's it's what you do. The, I, and I, I love that idea. Just that idea, you know. Let me throw another one at you that this preacher, I'm not using his name, but uh, the preacher that I met. That Is he going to be on the show? That he might. Having... Should Mike Mather. Yeah, that's his name. Mike Mather, Indianapolis. Yeah. Just, I'm always just nervous about throwing people's name around on a podcast. I mean, Especially like, when you say such good stuff about them. Well, like that. but some people don't think this is good stuff. Some people might hear Listen, this. Listen, we lost those people. We lost right. them. You're, you're right. You're right. About four minutes in, they were <laughs> right. gone. They were gone. <laughs> it sounds like thinking. Yeah. I'm not doing any of that. Uh, this is an idea I'd like to. I like right. to tell people this story because I would love it if this idea would catch fire. Okay. Yeah. Uh there's a Diamon is a is a, a buddy of Mike's okay Mike Mather the preacher who's you know he's in a, he's in his church one of the community guys loves to bring people together help all this so Mike comes up with an idea one day and he hired Diamon and he, he he pays him a yearly salary and his he's got business cards his his job title is roving listener that's Oh my God! That's Mike came up with this job. That is so fantastic and and absolutely a job I couldn't do. <laughs> yeah, you would not be. Danny would not be. You know, when when you fill out the aptitude test, you're not a roving listener. No, no. But Diamond's job is, you know, the the community is there around the church, and and he knows all the people, right. and he walks the neighborhood, and you know, someone's on the porch. You right. know, Susan, how are you doing today? So, not good, not good. I, they, I got cut at work. They, they don't have enough. You know, right. the volumes down. I lost my job. I'm, I'm nervous. Oh, that, that's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Susan. You know, two days later, he's at another section of the, whatever. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? Oh, I am swamped at work. I, blah blah blah. To put, what Susan needs a job. Hooks them up. Right. That's his entire job is who needs what and how can we help? And if we get everybody in the same line, we can all take care of each other. We just need to connect the dots. Right. You know, and I love tell. I probably told that story on this podcast before, but I, I'll tell it nine more times because if you're listening, this is an idea that yeah. needs to spread. Roving listener. Rove. I even love the title. Yes. The word roving <laughs> listener. You know, yeah, I'd be like, it's some good business cards right there. Yeah, you know what? I, uh, uh, I, I would be, um, my first question on that job would be, uh, so I can wear headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not even second lieutenant <laughs> roving listener. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can't be the assistant to the assistant, you're working the fries. <laughs> In the roving listener, you're roving working the fries. What a fucking great thing for... Isn't it? Yeah. T to me, the sound of that... In first of all, the sound of the idea of it. Just that I human idea of what if there was one human who could have enough free time to focus right. on everybody's problems and line everybody up, right? Right. right? And, and we allowed them the financial freedom to be able to maneuver like that, right? That human idea is, you know, it's... Beautiful. Yeah. Just a beautiful idea. It's probably uh it's it's probably a, a job that we'd have to outsource. You know what I mean? 
I, like, especially I refuse country, to believe that. Because we have a lot of roving assholes. Like, we have plenty <laughs> of roving assholes. I agree. But we're going to have to go. We're going to have to go down south to get ourselves some roving listeners. Yeah. Daniel Berrigan. Yes? Sound familiar? No. Daniel Berrigan? I, I apologize. Right. This is going to sound familiar in a second, I think. Probably. But okay. let's throw but now, Daniel. Let's throw Daniel Berrigan into this conversation because okay. we're talking about the last episode. We were talking about military Christians, right? This right. now I from this side we're talking about Christian military. Okay, right. you see what I'm saying? Berrigan, um, I'm no expert, but boy, I, I recommend if you're listening, I go pick up a book. There's been several written about him that are just amazing. Well, so I, now I kind of get it. So the roving listener is a scout. He's out there acquiring. <laughs> Right, right. We're getting He's gathering we're getting information. The intel. He's yeah, gathering intel. intel. Right, right. We can bring that back. Right, it's going to be wrong, wrong enough that probably cost somebody ah, something dear. Right, and uh, but and it's going to be used the wrong way. <laughs> and uh, all right, where do we get right. to? We don't uh, need to describe this really. I'll describe this. I'm unfolding okay. a movie. It's a movie poster, is what it is. It's uh, uh, all right. The Trial of the Cantonsville Nine. Oh. oh. Do you remember this? I do not. All right. All right. This is a movie poster. New to me. Uh, it, it's um, it's fairly large. It's Yeah, it's big. Yeah. This is a, Daniel Berrigan wrote this play based on what, what really happened. So he's a Catholic priest, right? Daniel Berrigan. And his brother, too. Uh, Patrick. I think his brother's name was Patrick. Um, all right. Vietnam heats up. You know, they're against it. it. Why? Because they're against killing. Right. You know, that's why, you know. Patrick, uh, and I hope I get him. I'm hope I, How I hope fucking it's, un-American. <laughs> How un-American. <laughs> and that was the, Posed. and, and that Catholic. right there was the yeah. attitude of the majority of the country about <laughs> Daniel Berrigan. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, yeah. You know. um, I hope his name is Patrick. If he's not, I hope, uh, you know, I apologize. But I'm pretty sure his name is Patrick Berrigan. Uh, anyway, Patrick kind of had a, a Bevan's edge to him. Okay. I've always, by the way, here's how I described <laughs> Danny Bevan. No, this Bevin's is edge. no, I think I nailed it. I think I nailed it. Here's Lowell. I'm going to look at you. I'm not going to look at Danny. Okay. When I, when I'm telling a story, right. And I say, you know, Danny Bevan's and they, and some, no, I've heard the name, but I don't, I've never met him. What's he like? I, here's what I say. Dan, Danny Bevan's to me is Gandhi's plan B. <laughs> if the starvation doesn't work if the talking doesn't work he's gonna beat the shit out of you until you accept love as the answer that's right that's it's the, the that was a that was it's it that good description of you yeah was that that was the joke right i got my two favorite books are gandhi and fight club that's that was, that was one of bevin's jokes right and that's that's him he's got this it's like the incarnation of miles horton yes radical hillbilly there we go yeah radical hillbilly Dan, danny bevin's patrick berrigan kind of had a little more of that you're you know a little right. more of that fine uh, Daniel had this kind of uh, ha ha ha, you know. He he had this attitude of I'm going to fight this with laughter. I'm going to fight this. You can't kill me. You can't kill laughter. You can't, you know. But they were both. Both of the brothers were. I don't know how many times they were arrested. Constantly arrested. Jeez. Constantly, yeah. you know. So the Cantonsville Nine was uh, Daniel and Patrick, and I believe three or four other people walked into uh, 
I don't know uh, what's the name of the building. I don't remember the name of the building. It's basically where you keep the draft cards, you know. And they they just walked in. You know, they're in they're priests, so they got their collars on. They got you know they just walked straight in during business hours. Didn't break in and walked straight past the secretary. Pulled out all the files of the draft cards, you know. Pulled out all the draft cards. Walked out of the building to the to the sidewalk in front. Dumped them all in a pile and threw homemade napalm on them and lit it on fire. So there it goes. No, no computers. Wow. No computers. So now these are gone. Right. You know, Danny Bevins is is in the pie. His draft card is about to be pulled. You're about to go to Vietnam. That's they brilliant. just stopped that. Yeah. That's you know. Right. Yeah. And then they just stood there and talked until the police came and put them in cuffs, because they, that was the system. They're not. That's fine. You're going to arrest me for doing this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to. You know. Whatever. I'm going to get arrested. You know. Um, and then Berrigan made the, the, the Daniel Patrick went to prison. Daniel made the choice that, you know, he, he am I going to do more good in prison, out of prison? I think maybe out of prison. So he fled, went on the lamb, you know, ran from the FBI. FBI chased him for a couple of years. He, he hid, you know, and he would pop up, you know, there'd be Berrigan sightings, you know, <laughs> right. He'd pop up in Philadelphia. There was always music before he did this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was like there was a church in, in Philly, uh, south side of Philly. Um, and the the preacher there, the priest there, whatever you call it. Right. Just said, we have a special guest today. And, and here comes Daniel Berrigan. I mean, he'd just been on the cover of Time, right. you know, with a big wanted poster on him. And here he comes and he gives a sermon about about, you know, anti-violence pacifism, you know. And the FBI hears about it and blah, blah, blah. And then back underground. And, you know, Howard Zinn hit him for a while. Right. You know, this and that. Um, this is a man. One of my favorite quotes came from Berrigan. Someone said, uh, well, did it do any good? You know, all this protesting, all this. At another time later on, this is he was an old man. They him and his brother went into a nuclear weapons facility in uh, Pennsylvania and turned plows into plowshares or whatever. They beat on bombs with hammers so they were damaged. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Just, just beat on bombs with hammers. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, just, these are men that have a belief. Right. You know, in my my way of looking at the world, you know, like, like Danny was talking about earlier, there, there are men and women that are in the military that are willing to sacrifice their lives right. for an idea they believe in. I see no difference between Daniel Berrigan and his brother and all the other people that are willing to sacrifice that are willing to sacrifice their lives. Everything for an idea. They'll yeah. go to prison. Right. I, and for put, people. And yeah. for people. Yeah. You know. I don't see a lot of difference between, you know, the military men and women that are sacrificing for their ideas and this. You know what I mean? But yet historically, they've always been separate. That's right. never made sense to me. And that's why you're an enemy of the state. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't how you don't see it. Anybody makes me as frustrated it's as so, It's so right in front of your I face. I hate the way you're right. Look, I don't like one the group fact. has oh. a uniform, and the other one has is a collar. Who, yeah, they so both have a uniform. They both have a uniform, yeah, and they're sanctioned by the state. The sanctioned, and, and they've got an entire. Society, look, who, it's not, who has said it, this is the way that we do it's business. It's not legitimate unless they have a gun. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I love the pause. Yeah. I love I love the pause between. The, oh, that was beautiful. Uh, if you're if the uh, producers listening to this, I wouldn't mind rewinding that. And just just play that back to back twice. That was gorgeous. I I it's love, not legitimate I unless you the, have a gun. God damn it. <laughs> Tell uh, me I'm wrong. Tell no, me. you're not wrong. You're okay. fucking right. You're absolutely right. And you know what? That's the thing about life. You can, you know what I mean? Your life can mean something if you want it to. Yes. And it's but it's going to cost you everything. Okay. It's going to cost fucking everything. And there's where there's and, slides are you willing to act? Yeah. On your beliefs. Yes. Or are you not willing? And both of the in both situations, scenarios that you've yeah. put forth, these are people who are willing to act. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people are not willing. They have beliefs, right? But not to the They'll point where so they're actually far. hacked on. Yeah, them. and the, the, and but also inside of this story, part of this story is that the system also believes in authority, which allowed the priests to walk in, grab the stuff, and walk out. No one went, great. "Hey, father, uh, you want to give us." No, it's a priest. I don't question a priest, yes, right? Yes, there there's no, no questioning. There's and no they got beat by their own system. Like and no just to general. stand there and burn that and be, I don't know how you can, it's the idea that one side is evil and the other side is not. That's the only way that they can do this. That's why they always have to do it that way. That's why, you know, there's there's got to be a bad guy and they have to be bad. They're bad people. Right, Daniel the, and his brother Patrick have to be bad. That's what you're bad. saying, right? For the system to work, they have to be bad. They have to be bad guys, right? Because legitimately, the 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 majority of the anti-war uh, program or anti-war cause in America was just it was as good as the the Civil War cause. The people, it was. The, the same idea, you know, it was that 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 same struggle. Now there was there was some on that side too that were, you know, the weather underground can go fuck themselves, and uh, that's an introduction. And, and then uh, and Jane Fonda can seriously go fuck herself. <laughs> and I don't know why Jane Fonda's plane wasn't shot down on the the way weather under the, the weather the weatherman underground, right? Yeah, the weatherman, the weatherman underground, weatherman right, underground yeah. uh, is a, a small group actually. Right, I mean, they weren't huge. No, they were impactful. Hundred people, yeah. something. Oh, right? that many. It might not have even been that, that many. No, I don't know. Now, but it doesn't need to be much if you if you're using bombs. Right. Yeah. Now th- let's That's, bring this into it. Let's yeah. bring this into it, and I'll connect it to Berrigan. Okay. Well, ju- let's do a little bit of history, just for the listener, just in case you never heard of them. They're from Ann Arbor, which I actually did not know that. The, you ever see the? You know the Big Lebowski. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. the big Lebowski. There's a scene. You remember that scene where he's in bed, he's smoking a joint, he just had sex for the first time with what's her name? I don't remember. Right. The, the, yeah, the, yeah, I don't remember the sister her. or the the right. Yeah, that she wanted to get pregnant. Right, right. and she, she says, she's well, awesome. "Oh, she's fantastic." She actress. comes by on the with the paint. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she's so great in that movie. It's fucking brilliant. She's it's a br- it's a brilliant, it's brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, uh, I just learned this recently. So he's laying there, and she says, "So what do you do?" Right. Like she even cares, you know, right. and and he goes. I used to be a roadie for Metallica, you know, a bunch of assholes, and I was one of the original uh, Ann Arbor Seven, and you know, he says that that's yeah. the weatherman he's referring to. Right. They started in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It was a couple of college kids that had an idea, and 
formed a little group and named themselves, right? Because that's mm-hmm. another thing humans do. If three of us agree on one thing, then we have to have a name and a brochure. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's never the cunts. Uh. They never go, <laughs> what should we call ourselves? How about the cunts? <laughs> ah, we can't be the cunts. Ah. We'll be the cunts. Uh the Weathermen, they were they were a lefty group who believed in violence. They believed that uh, it's going to take a revolution. Okay, right. so they set off bombs. That's such a recurring theme. Yeah, yeah it's right? you know. So I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm telling the people what this group was. Listen, they, Lowell, we're going to kill enough people that they're going to understand that killing people is a bad idea. Uh, Timothy McVeigh. Right? Timothy so McVeigh. The yeah. military. Yeah. 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 Throwing that in there, yeah. yeah. Well, there's no yeah. doubt about it. Kill so many Vietnamese that they're going to yeah, they're, see. Yeah. They're going to see the right of the our right ways, ways uh, that freedom uh, rules. And in the weathermen, I'd put them right in that same group. We're uh, going to set off bombs. The, the a lot of their bombs were set off in bathrooms, in government buildings, yeah. things. I mean, they hurt people. Yeah, they were awful people. They oh, were, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Berrigan uh, is on the run. The weathermen are tying themselves to him. You know, hey, you know, this guy. Berrigan wrote him a letter. Um, oh, my God, we have the letter. Yeah, I, it's too long to read, but I'll, you know, uh, well, I don't like what you're doing. I don't believe in your cause. Is I don't it, believe in your methods. You have to understand that what he's holding in his hand right now, what Stuart's holding in his hand right now looks to be a, a newspaper article or or something maybe not a, as big as the newspaper maybe it was the like village voice kind of thing there you go village I, voice january and, 21st 1971 there right and so it's yellowed up a little bit nice but he brought it out of a uh, of an envelope that he's been keeping it in and it's clearly still in a good condition and so this uh, the Village Voice, uh, obviously, did he write to the Village Voice to tell them? He wrote to how the would you? Oh, okay. But he, they... He wrote to the Weatherman, and then, and then the Village the, Voice... Got the letter. Got a hold so of the letter. Okay. cease and desist letter, essentially? Well, no. That's okay. one another thing I like about this man. Okay. Every, uh, Berrigan is a hero of mine. I mean, every every time I hear... So, and I have a lot of... Uh, of atheist friends right and right. i'm 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 amongst that group right i'm i'm agnostic atheist i'm anti-theist you know that that right. whatever and there's a lot of militants on that side you know and, right. and a lot of them there's nothing good about any religion i think of berrigan i think of my buddy mike in indianapolis yeah i think about yeah. these yeah and I, it just reminds me time and time again, whenever you want to divide this world up into good and evil or black and white, you're wrong. There's just too much gray area when you're dealing with human beings. It's so, I mean, you know, when you want to talk about, uh, you know, child molestation, or, yes, okay, I'm, I'm dividing up, you know what I mean? But the church is all, but religion's all, but I, I, I got Daniel Berrigan to put right in front of your face. Right. Well, this you know is the I mean? polarity that Danny was just talking about, and, and it's so much easier to keep a well-ordered society when there's good and there's evil. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. We we recognize, if you want to recognize, that there's a spectrum. Yes. And most of these things fall somewhere between good and evil. No doubt about there's it. No absolute good, no absolute evil in most instances. Well, there is... There is a, there is an absolute sense. evil, Absolutely. and they're all at the Brett Michaels concert. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me can I can I uh, interrupt real right quick? Lowell, I got to tell I got to tell the story. Can I interrupt real Absolutely. quick? 
God, I was dating this girl, intelligent woman. Okay, this girl was, I mean, much more intelligent than me. Okay, mm-hmm. and we would sit around and have these amazing conversations. Okay, and she, she had a horrible job. She's so, she, she had a fortitude of stone. This woman, you know what I mean? She just had like Berrigan, like some, like my heroes, right? Right, right? They just, they had these beliefs that they could just go in and boom, you know, just action. Right behind mm-hmm. the beliefs, she worked with children that had been abused. You know, oh, been, uh, oh every single day, yeah. she's hearing these stories that, yeah. you, they, you know, if I heard one of them a year, they would crush me. Right. You know, and she's right. hearing them every single day. Mm. She would come home and watch Brett Michaels. <laughs> I mean, just two hours <laughs> of Brett, and I would sit there and go, Ah, my God. <laughs> I'd sit in the yard. Uh, I couldn't be in the house. Yes, because it's yes. I can't. What are you doing? She's just. She's. It's it's all candy. That's what. That's it, you know what I mean. It's all candy. But, but all that nice all that's been going on yep. is is yep. you know wheatgrass <laughs> all day. It's just wheatgrass and fucking spinach juice and and, right. and, <laughs> right, right. and you know what I yeah. mean and and cabbage with no. Flair. And <laughs> and then somebody you want candy? I got candy, That's it. candy, candy. She you just know? sat yeah. on that couch and just uh, let that brain not. Yeah, you need you need point five percent of your brain to absorb Brett Michaels. You know, I she turned the rest off. Fucking so bad to be one of those people that Ugh. loves him. So I'm on that, stage one yeah, night, Dan. I'm on stage one night, right? And this is irritating me that this super intelligent woman is staring at Brett Michaels for two hours. You know, it's just mindless crap. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm on stage one night and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ranting and raving about it. And I'm, I'm like, well, I don't understand the majority of human beings. I don't, I, it's not that I even, ha- I can't even get to the point of hating them because I can't understand them because they're a bunch of idiots. And I'm just going off and off and off. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I just scream, how much of your life do you want to waste on Brett Michaels? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just scream that yeah. crowd is quiet. Yeah. Crowd's quiet. Right. <laughs> and one dude goes, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I stood there. I stood there on stage and I thought to myself, who am I? Who am I to tell another human being what they should or shouldn't do? And I looked at that guy and I said, you're right. I'm wrong and you're right. There you go. And I, so then, and then I calmed down enough to later on that night, I'm talking to my girlfriend and I said, can I ask you a question? I said, all I, I said, I've bitched and I've moaned and I've complained about Brett Michaels and I've, I, I, I'm such a jerk, you know, I've never even asked you why I've never looked at you and said, Hey, why do you like this? You know, I'm right. such an idiot, you know? And she told me, she goes, I have to listen to the most horrible stories in the entire world from 8am to 5pm. Right. I'm bombarded with this stuff. She said, I want to go home and I want to just barely be awake and stare at this idiot on television. (laughs) And then she said, I need an hour or two of it and then I'm good. Right. And then we can discuss philosophy. We can talk about your thing. We can have a wine. We can do whatever you want. But I need this break. Right. And then that guy in that audience telling me that all of it (laughs) calmed. It took the the hate out of me and, and, and allowed me to go. I didn't even ask the girl. Yeah, because it could have been it could have been the other way that you know she said to you, because I need that, because I need to have a reason for why this shit happens to these kids, and that that's that's the reason, 
You know what I mean? It's always yeah. like God sin and why is why is there sin and why is this? Right. There's got to be a reason for what we've what we've done. Of course, there's never any reason for violence against kids. Right. All right. So this is we'll get back. That was a detour, but he he brought up <laughs> Brett Michaels and that just popped in my head. A learning so, that was a learning moment. It is absolutely from the audience yeah. and you from her mean? and from her. A loving yeah, a loving learning moment. Yes. Because I'm going to tell you, somebody turns on Brett Michaels, I'm, I'm still out, out. Of the room. I'm out. Out. I'm not <laughs> out. Now, what I do now is go, uh, why are you watching this? Yeah. And as they're answering, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the weathermen are violent. They're for violence. They set off bombs. They hurt a lot of people. A lot of people. Innocent people, too. Right. You know, people just wandered into a restroom. But all in the name of love. All in the name of love. Yeah. Yeah. Total crap. Uh, they're aligning them. So here's, let me read a, a message from the weatherman to, uh, on Berrigan. All right. This is their crap here. Uh, this is from Cantonsville, Maryland, October 8th, 1970. Brother Dan sent us this tape message from the underground just before his capture by the FBI pigs. His capture is a blow to all of us, but today even the iron bars, armed guards, and bobbed wire of the POW camps can't contain our sisters and brothers. In every New York City jail, prisoners' fists broke through the walls, guards were seized as hostages, and entire cell blocks were liberated. All right, they go on and on. They, in other words, in my view of this, they're connecting themselves to him. They don't see any difference between what they're doing and what he's doing. Yeah. I, it's just worlds apart. Yeah, absolutely. Worlds yeah. apart. You know what I mean? Daniel's letter to them, I, we're just going to read some of it, but um, he... The way he answered these people, I you can learn a lot from this. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I bet. I, I'm dear brothers and sisters. He's addressing them on exactly. Yes, that's what those kind of people do. They're just. How do you get to this level? You know what I'm saying? How do you go vacuum the floor of a man who just shot someone crawling through a window? How do you How do you see love that clear? You I know have, what I'm saying? I have no idea. No, no clue. No, I, I wish I did. Yeah, I, mean, I, I see that they're right. I, yeah, I'm aware they're right. They're certainly yeah. exceptional. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. God. That they... be, none of these are my first instinct. <laughs> none of them. No. None of I them. Wish. I wish. I'd I love can... to be that person. Yeah, I, I I'm would not too. that person. Because do you think that there was like, do you think that there was like several beginnings to that letter? Dear <laughs> you fucking <laughs> awful, retarded fucking scumbags. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, not good. I'm trying to decide what I'm going to read about. I want to hit the points, but let's just yeah. read a little bit of it and get a taste because okay. there's some other stuff I'd like to bring up too. Dear brothers and sisters, this is Daniel Berrigan speaking. I want to say what a very deep sense of gratitude I have that the chance has come to speak to you across the underground. It's a great moment when I can rejoice in the fact that we can at last start setting up a dialogue that I hope will be a continuing thing through the smoke signals, all with a view to enlarging the circle of those who realize that the times demand... Not that we narrow our method of communication. He's he's hinting here. He's yeah. he's laying groundwork right. is what he's doing in such a way that you're still fist pumping the guy. Yeah, that's what he's doing. But he's doing it in a loving way. He has grabbed them by the collar and pulled them very very close to yes. us. And he's looking them in the eye. And yeah. yeah. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. The Cold War alliance between politics, labor, and the military finds many Americans uh, at the right end of the cornucopia. 
what is not yet risen in them is the question of whose blood is paying for all of this. What families else? What families elsewhere are being blasted? What separation and agony and death on are the other side of the coin of the realm? The connections are very hard to make, and very few come on them, and many can hardly imagine that all being right with America means that very much must go wrong elsewhere. How do we get such a message across to others? So now he is connecting. He is saying, some of your theories mm-hmm. I'm with you on. Yeah, yeah. You know? So now... He's like Danny said, he's pulled him close right. and said, I agree with some of you, you know. Yeah. And then he, and then he, I mean, the, this is a long letter, you know what I mean? Right. It's establishing common ground and then he's going to differ with the methods. Yeah. And then, and, that, and that's exactly what he does. The ending is your methods, I disagree with. Your methods are, are, are adding to hatred, fear, and violence. Exactly. Your methods because they are, are wrong and delegitimizing. Right. They a are hatred. Yes. Fear and violence. That's what they are. Yeah. yeah. They're so, just different side of the same coin. If you're you're against the violence that's taking place in Vietnam, how are you mitigating that by creating violence against innocent people here? Yeah. You're creating essentially the same dynamic. Innocent people are dying for some abstract belief that you have and some abstract end that you want to achieve. Yeah. And you're using the language, you know, it, it, it kills me when people say that the racist language that demeans and then go on to use language that demeans, you know, the pigs and the and that, mm-hmm. you know, instead of understanding that, you know, again, what you do to my what you do to the least of them, you do. To that's, me, you that's know, that's the what reason you, I read the weather. Yeah. FBI pigs. Yeah. You do not need the word pigs. No, that that's it's you, implied. Why are you speaking that way? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Why are you speaking that way about the? You know exactly. I mean? Why is the weatherman using the word right. pigs? That does nothing to further your cause. Exactly. Well, you've shut down the avenues of communication. But yes, like, but you sure. and but you ha- it does do something for the pursuit of their cause because the reason why we call them gooks and the reason why we call them camel jockeys mm. and the reason why we call them is so that they're lesser than we are yes, which is allows them to be pestilence yes. and then we can bring down the hammer yes. because we're doing it for the good you right dehumanize exactly absolutely. yeah and we've had that discussion before yes you start on the first day seeing jody's in your boot camp yes you know talking about Spilling Russian blood and killing groups yes. and yes. indoctrinating. I want to be an airborne ranger. Yeah. I want to fight, life kill, danger. and danger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go to Vietnam. I want to kill some Charlie Kong. I want to. Yeah. We sang it every fucking day. Yeah, that war was over. And when we we, were exactly. We still, we're still singing, singing that shit. Yeah. Learning to dehumanize yeah. people so it's a lot easier to pull that trigger. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So you, Absolutely. you know, as we're as we're setting up Berrigan and his brothers. To put to put action to belief, right? Man. And the people, the men and women in the military, who also are putting action to belief, right. okay? We're we're setting them up as similar, right? The weathermen and these songs you're singing to me, them FBI, they're dehumanizing, right? Because they're superior, they have to have they that. Feel, yes, they and and they're doing it because I am right. Again, it's the arrogance of the thought. Beringer has his idea 
is that we're all one. And, he and said, that you are my brothers and sisters. You yes. are my dear brothers and sisters. Dear brothers and sisters. We're family. Yes. And you're you're hurting the family. You're you're dehumanizing the family. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking. He these, says in the second Paul's letters in the yeah. second yeah, paragraph. These are Paul's letters to the church. Yes. Yeah. Saying the, you know what you're doing is delegitimizing us to the Romans. Right. In the stop s- doing what you're doing. In the second paragraph of this letter, he actually says, allow us to open up a line of communication. This is this is an opening of arms. This is of human arms. He's right. saying, I, he knows at the beginning he disagrees with them. And in the Weathermen meeting, they're talking about, we can't talk anymore. They're not, this isn't, the time for talk is gone. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. I don't want to, whenever that happens, I'm out of that room. The time for talk is, oh, well, then I guess I have to go. I, I don't want to be in your fucking, yeah. You know, we uh, Lowell and I talked about, uh, have you ever heard of Highlander Folk School, Miles Horton? I'm going to give you a book. No, okay. no, I'm not. I'm going to give you a link to a Bill Moyers interview. Okay. And you, and you are going to add a name to your list. There's another, You'll guy, love it. That's, there's another guy that, Bill Moyers, there's another guy that. You're not crazy about Bill Moyers. I love him. Okay. I just don't understand how he's. Whenever I hear somebody talk bad about him, I'm like, that guy, what has he done wrong? Other than interview all speak the people truth. that... That I wanted yeah, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, and speak truth and allow people to speak right. truthfully about themselves. Yeah. And make them speak truthfully. I, I like the fact that in a very gentle way, mm-hmm. no one gets by with bullshitting Bill Moyer. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, no. Right. You cannot right. lie to him about who you are. No. Yeah. He's going to catch you. He's going yeah. yeah. to turn it and we'll he's going to ask us. Yeah, he's going to... Yeah. It's like yeah, my Utah Phillips said about California. He said, when you live in California, you have to be open-minded or they're going to pry you open. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Bill Moyers, I feel, is the same way. So there's a, a, a guy, Miles Horton is, is his name. Or was You've his name. brought up this name to me before. I, I might have. Yeah. I want him on your list in your mind right. of, of people. Uh, he was, a he was you know, a uh, Radical hillbilly. He was a radical hillbilly. Oh, he he was him. he was Brave. one of the hidden. Yes, Brave. Steve Earlshire right there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my he was he was a fighter in the civil rights movement. Okay, right. White guy from the hills of Kentucky, hillbilly. You know, who was he, he opened this little school that was uh, integrated in 1932. I mean, he had black and oh, white wow. together in the same building, dancing together, square dancing, drinking. Discussions, same mm-hmm. 1932. Breaking all kinds of laws. He was literally breaking the laws of the state of Tennessee. Making beautiful babies. Yeah. <laughs> Making beautiful babies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, interesting. Lowell and I talked about this. Miles' view on, he said in this interview, he, he diver- him and Martin Luther King were buddies, right? And he said that they diverged on that idea of violence. He said, Martin had this thing about, I love everybody. He said, I don't love everybody. Yeah. He said, <laughs> he said, matter of fact, I think a man can, uh, can evaluate his life by how many enemies he's got. You know, yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, and, well, and the quality of those enemies, the quality, yeah. that's what he enemies. said. Yeah. That's yeah. the word well, I was searching for the yeah. quality of his enemies. Yeah. And then he said, and I, I've never heard this before. It was such, I thought about it for days after I, after I heard him say it, he said, I don't understand how you can say we're nonviolent. Violence exists. So when violence, you can't be nonviolent because it's right there. So African-Americans are living with violence every single day of their lives, yes. you know? Yeah. So you can't go into that situation saying we're nonviolent. Well, then you're not part of that situation because that situation is indeed violent. 
Now, what you can do is say, I'm coming in here and I'm not going to add any violence to this situation. Right. But right. you can't ignore the violence that's there. And as Lowell points out, and Miles points this out too, it's not just physical violence. It's economic violence. It's all the types. It's educational violence. It's all the kinds of violence, you know. So that point of view I see and I understand is acknowledging violence. That makes sense to me, you know. And he never taught violence. He never, you know, advocated violence. But. It's there, so let's address it. Right. You know, right. And we have to. Yeah. We have to. We have to wrestle with the violence. You well, know. And the difference comes. But setting a bomb off in a government yeah. building. And here, yeah, there we go. That's the difference comes when you start violating the prohibition against harming innocents. There's combatants yeah. and there's innocents, and whether it be on a battlefield or it be in the realm of politics, there are innocents and there are combatants. And when you don't differentiate between those two, that's when you're doing evil, and that's what the Weather Underground mm -hmm. was doing. And even if you innocent. looked at it from yeah, a yeah. Machiavellian way, why would you give your enemy an opportunity to be sympathetic? That's, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why would you ever? Ball. Yes. Yes. What's you know? the end result of this? Right. Yeah, you're exactly, see, what I see, point, the way I mm -hmm. see our politics right now, what's going on, I'm kind of, I don't know why, but I'm watching it from that through that lens. I'm looking at this as a long-term thing right so when i yeah. see you know when when i see a photograph pops up of al franken you know grabbing some girls i'm like ah we just lost a move you know we yeah just, they just jumped us you know we're playing checkers here we just lost a night you know in chess we just ah. yeah. i'm looking at it as a as a this is long term you know what i mean but we're combating people who who only see what's directly in front of them had this argument with somebody yesterday well look at my 403b so oh, what I, good is I your agree. 403b going to uh, yeah, what, yeah. what good is it going to do mm -hmm. you if it accumulates funds and then you no longer have a society to spend that money? You've yeah. got a bunch of worthless green bits of paper, my friend. Yeah, I, I You're totally. You're not taking I totally, a long view. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you've got to see. Yeah. Can Berrigan. I just say something about the Behringer and the way that? Yeah. Uh, again, another thing. There's another reason that you, you make me love you too much. You know what I mean? I don't want to. Behringer or uh, me? You. You make <laughs> me love you because you oh, you're always giving me things. Or reminding me of things. Why, this is why you're supposed to be a better person. And Beringer lived his life in a way that I, I couldn't do. I know I, I couldn't can't be do that it guy. I couldn't do you it know? Because if, here's the thing. If someone hurt my family, and the right way to be would be to, to grieve, clean up, go to work to battle that through whatever means you have socially to be able to do that, right? But I know that that's not what I would do. You know? Do you remember that um, Gotti? Right? Gotti? John Gotti? John Gotti. Okay. The guy down the street hit his kid on a bicycle, right? <laughs> Imagine that you got a bad day. Out of all the kids, right? right. Oh. You, you know, got it, yeah. And it was, and, and from what I've read, it was Gotti's kid's fault. It wasn't this guy's fault. In the in well, in the sure, league. you know. It so was. it's a bad day. He killed a kid. Now he killed John Gotti's kid. All right, and then, and Gotti, they they kill him, which you knew was coming, right? You didn't, but it didn't need to happen. Right. But I'm with Gotti. 
I would never say that I'm with God. I think God is a scumbag. You know, whenever I, I see, whenever I, that. whenever yeah, whenever I see that some asshole's got a picture of Gotti in their house oh. or their thing, you know what I mean? Oh. And I'm always, I know, I always tell him, I go, you know what? I know, I, I saw uh, over there in uh, in uh, Afghanistan. It, it, but it's Osama Bin Laden. But it's the same thing, right? It's just an <laughs> asshole that you got up on the wall. But I would never be. But there, I know that I would, I would. And it took a while before they killed him, because he must have been thinking about it. Like I can't, I can't, I can't. Uh, but I got it. But you have to, you have to. But Beringer would never. He wouldn't do that. No, he, he would, would not go do to that. that guy's house, and he would vacuum his floor. And making food. He didn't mean to run. He hit the, car, the the kid on the bike with the car, right? Yeah. It's not like he. It's not like he saw him and knew it was Gotti's kid. He didn't even see him before he hit him. Right. He, it wasn't. It was an yeah, accident. Complete accident. Complete. Yeah. Just rolled up. Two snake eyes. I, I, just I, just I, rolled that. The straw side would be. I don't think my my animosity would be directed towards that fellow. Well, you would hope not, right? I hope not. And maybe for know, and maybe for the know. beginning you're it's not right, but there's a moment because there's the stages while. of grief, and there's going to be a place where you're like, you know what, fuck that guy, I gotta get, can't have him, you know what I mean? <laughs> have you ever seen? I'm I mean right now I'm thinking about the ways I would do it. Listen, like, l- l- listen, have you ever seen a HBO documentary called uh, Iceman? Oh yes! Oh mm-hmm. my God! Yes. You know, I you know this. Okay, yeah. There's a there's this. Okay, for, for those who listen that haven't seen it, if, if you want a, an interesting interview, wow, yeah. interview with a sociopath. Yeah, he's a sociopath. He was he was a killer for the mob, mm-hmm. and a good one. I mean, this but he man, had a family. He, he had a family in Jersey. He had a, a wife. A totally kids. different life. He would go across the bridge and he have a beautiful Christmas tree and he's family man, yeah. you know, photographs of him and his and then he'd get a call and go across the bridge and have to whack a few people. Yeah. And and he didn't just, you know, I mean, this guy got creative. I mean, geez, if you know, if we could have put his brain to work in another capacity, blowing cyanide in oh. someone's face so that it looks like a fucking heart attack. Oh, oh. Hey, there's two things I want to bring up on this. On this, first of all, I got what you just said reminded me of this. I felt half, nah, I felt five percent in love with Iceman when he <laughs> he said there was one guy He's that intelligent. Oh, that, that intelligence is. A there's weird. one guy, and this is a Iceman. I mean, he's a he's an old man, right? Yeah, when he's yeah. doing this interview, he yeah. actually he's not a 20 year old kid. They did this in probably what 2000 or 1995 or something, and he's an older dude then, right? So anyway, there was one guy the mob had hired him, paid him to to kill, right? And he's slippery dude. He couldn't he couldn't really, but he knew there was one. He went to a gay bar. This one guy went to this one gay bar. Like every Thursday night or whatever, or every Friday night or whatever it was. A lot, you know, just big dancing, big loud kind of place, you know. Right. New York City, disco, it's the 70s, you know what I mean? Everybody right. having fun, but it's a gay bar, right? So the Iceman's telling this story. This is a psychopath who killed at least 200 people, right? And he goes, uh, so I, I dressed up, you know, like, like I was a homo. I'm quoting him, okay? He yeah. goes, I dressed up like a homo. I got my pink frilly, you know, sweater <laughs> on, and I'm... And then he and then he goes like this, and then he goes, nothing against those people, nothing. <laughs> well, I, and I'm sitting there like, what? What? What do you mean? Pete, nothing against you. 
You went in there to kill a dude. Yeah. And now you're making sure that we don't think you're judgmental towards <laughs> homosexuals. Listen, I went in there. I went into Yeah, murder. that's what I'm saying. I went in to murder somebody, but I'm not a I'm not homophobic. I'm right, not, not <laughs> I'm not that kind of an asshole. Listen. Like, what the, one time listen, I was in I was in Iowa I in watching there. the news. They're dragging this kid out of a trailer on the news in Iowa. He had, he had murdered his cousin over a girl. Not in, in, his cousin didn't even sleep with her. He made some comments about how hot she was, and he murdered his cousin. And as they're dragging him out, I see a full recycling bin full of Coors Light bottles. Yeah. Murder's okay, but we got to clean this place it's up. Not, Are yeah. you kidding me? Hey, hey, that that those temperatures aren't rising on their own. <laughs> this is this is real work we have to put in. Right. You know. Uh, all right, I'm going to throw. Uh, we're we're going to talk for a little bit longer. I know this is a long episode, but this is fascinating stuff. I got to tell you that Behringer. I don't know how you get better than that. I don't I, know. I I know that I heard that story, but I. I don't, a, now I, I feel bad about my. I just I feel like I'm a horrible person. No, you're not a horrible person. If you if you dive into this guy's life, you get an autobiography of this guy. This is this is the most dramatic story. The Cantonsville where he just walked in, grabbed the draft cards, napalm. You know. Did you? Are you ever like me? Did did you? Is it? Is there like a part of you that, like you know that, Martin Luther King Jr. slept with a bunch of women, and mm. that makes you feel a little bit better? Because you're like, well, at least I never <laughs> cheated on my wife. I'm uh, sure yeah. that guy's changing the world and bringing about, that, that I'll tell you, bringing about better for civil rights. <laughs> it makes me feel better for a different reason because we can no longer use him as, as a focus of mythology. He yeah, he's a real, real. He's real. He's, he's, real. he's, he's a real. He was a real yeah, human yeah. being. He didn't do these actions because he was some supernatural human. Right. He was just a flawed yeah. man. And he didn't, did the right thing. And he didn't yeah, drug him like some better. fucking comedian. Right. He was, it was all, <laughs> it was all legitimate. Right. You want to fuck me? Yes. Like, well, yes. Who doesn't want to fuck the reverend? Uh, right. And, right. Yeah. I, I don't like people that bring that fact up to knock him down, you know? Yeah, I don't like that's, that either. But that, I do love that. It makes me feel better about my son. I know that's well, such a shitty I'll thing tell you, to do. No, 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 no. But it I'm does. Gonna, I'm going to pitch this ball to you in uh, a slightly different way. Okay. I'm saying the exact same thing you just said, but here's the way I view it. Um, it makes you feel a little bit better about yourself and because he, he cheated on his wife. You know, I think it should make you feel better about yourself because he was a human being. And so are you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. You didn't cheat on on your wife. You've done some other things. Right. You know what I mean? You're not proud of the entire resume. No, you know? no, no. I, I, and, I don't have right. the resume he has. But you're saying. And let me tell you something else. The other great part about it is that the FBI had fucking recordings of it. Yes, they did. And leaked it through his people that they had recordings of it as if they were going to tell his wife. And he was like, fucking tell her. I got shit to do. I got people to help. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's, that's an amazing fucking response. man right there. Did you know yeah. that they, they, they gave him an, him an option? FBI gave him an option. Suicide or we tell your wife. That was their option. Kill yourself or we're going to tell your wife. That's our FBI, right? Yeah. And he said, tell her I got shit to do. Yeah. I got you know? But You've met my wife. I'd yeah. say I'd kill myself. <laughs> I'm yeah. saying to you, you're, you, you feel a little bit better about yourself because you learned a negative thing about him. I say, 
uh, it should make you feel a little bit better about yourself, not bringing him down a notch, but bringing yourself up a notch because he was a human being who did some great things yeah. and, a, and some bad things. And you're a human being that did some great things. What you're and saying some bad to me things. right now is you're saying to me, you're saying, Danny, it's not too late for you to get yourself some goddamn religion. Go out there <laughs> and fucking help people. And I, you right. don't need you you're don't need right. the religion. Well, I mean, if you, yeah, you know, you know, I mean, you it's, so to speak. You're yeah. helping. You Give yourself help. a philosophy of some sort. There you go. That leads you toward, yeah, toward these ends. I'm gonna go with love. Thing. I'm gonna how, go with how love. How do you stop self-interest? How do these individuals that we've been talking about and leading up to Martin Luther King stop self-interest for communal action? Because my life is pretty much self-interested. It's me, it's my family, it, it's my work family, and that's the extent of it, and then my friends. Right. I'm not out here sacrificing any portion of my life doing something like this, well, like, like Martin Luther King or, or, or like this gentleman. I, I, but you did that once. Why not? Right? You, you, like we both did that once. That's why I always tell people, is that I volunteered for Airborne Infantry, and that was the last time I raised my hand. I'm not, uh, maybe we're I'm running volunteer around less about volunteering. Yeah, but I don't see. You know, no, I don't. Not I, doing that. In a crisis, I think, I'll stand up. Look, I think I think turning Martin crisis. Luther King into this into this man who, uh, you know, who raised his hand, stood up, and said, "I'll lead the," you know, th that myth of, that that adds a myth to him right. too. Oh, he God. was a confused man who had questions, and you know, and all that, and he kind of, you know, I mean. I've read lots of stuff about him where he, you know, he said no to this or that. I don't, I don't think I can do that. And then they said, yes, you can. I mean, he was, this wasn't a man that was completely, totally confident and knew the exact direction that he was going to lead this thing. He was a. Jesus know. wandered into the desert. He yes. Second thoughts. He was in, he was in this spot and they needed someone and he stepped forward reluctantly because he was in, you know, he's got fear the, like the rest of us, you know. Yeah. And he well, stood been up. Raised to this, he really was raised. Yes, absolutely. But that's what I—that's what I mean. Like he's in the spot. He's right. in this right spot. I mean, if if he was in Oregon, you know, <laughs> right. they wouldn't have chosen him. No, if I mean, it's not an it's, Ebenezer Baptist it, church. Yeah, it's not going on in Oregon right now. Right now, it's going on in Birmingham and Montgomery and Florence and and mm. you know all the Selma and all that. If and, his last name had been Smith, he wouldn't have had to do it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. This is funny. Look at that. Living Danny. up to your name. Tricky Dicky. This is just a funny bumper for sticker. Vietnam Corner. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's just funny to me. That is funny. And Tricky it's Dicky. and it's also not all the way fair. It's not. I mean it's but it's just fun. It's he didn't just, get us into know. that war. He certainly didn't get us out as quick as he could. Right. But he was he was pulling people out from the day he got into office, right? He was bringing people home. From the very day that he started, yeah, it's know. not everybody. But he also no, and he wasn't into Laos and Cambodia. But it made it just uh, made me laugh. The bombings, yeah. That's, and this, yeah. I don't know if I've ever shown this to Lowell. This yes, thing, yes, we did. Some I think podcast. we talked about yes, this. That, that Appalachian chess piece you're holding. The Appalachian chess piece. Uh, I had to show. I to throw this to Danny. You'll you'll know exactly what okay. this is. <laughs> oh shit! I can't see. Hold on. Get the glasses out. Okay. Oh no! It's just—it's yeah. just—it's just, just got oh, some humor. Uh, oh my God! Yeah. yeah, Kilroy was here. Uh now tell everybody what Kilroy was here. That's you know, World War Two. 
Well, did they use that in Vietnam? Or was it all World War II? I, I associate it with World War II. Yeah. The little guy with his hands and his nose and his eyes over the wall. Yeah. It's a little, it's a, gra- it's graffiti. It's graffiti. It's graffiti. Yeah. And it's guys who might die at any moment saying, I was here. Sure, absolutely. So As Carlin says, everybody on earth ought to write their name wow. on the bomb of life. There you go. A little you know? pregnant girl. Yeah. Back so, home. I think it would be more, more brutal if she was an Asian girl. You know what I mean? She was yeah. a Vietnamese woman. See, when the first time I thought, I thought maybe it was a young German girl. Is I that? Yeah, yeah, because be. that would be that World War Two. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Could be, yeah. 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 A young Heidi. <laughs> or a young Helga. <laughs> the Helga. I always yeah. had an idea for a uh, TV show about um, a Vietnam vet and his uh, his wife is a, a Vietnamese woman that he brought back from the war. You know, and they have a little bed and breakfast, and they also have a kid. It's twelve years old. His name is Nathaniel Victor, but they just call him Charlie. <laughs> and uh, and you never see Charlie. You never, never see Charlie, and you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. There's actually a buddy of mine, a comic. He just moved to Florida. His name is Viet. And his yeah. brother's name is Nam. Oh, it's a hundred percent true. Wow, Braves Viet. Those are those are people Nam. you just want to high five like immediately. Yeah. Uh, All right, wow. uh, let's. Um, yeah, let's. I want to show this to Danny, and I th- if we talked about this before, we might have Lowell. Let's show this to Danny and Lowell here. This is a. Uh, this is fascinating. This is from 1880. We're going to talk about this for a, a minute and then wrap this up. Okay. This is about religion. Okay. This is this is uh, Puck. I'll describe this and then pass it along. Puck was a, an interesting magazine. Uh, I found this in a junk shop. It's framed. Uh, this is from uh, August 1880. Um, and I did research on Puck because I thought when from from this cover that I'm looking at, this has got to be an underground you know, kind of sneaking around kind of magazine. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's just too controversial right. to be on a newsstand. I was wrong. Puck was the <laughs> second best-selling newspaper for like 30 years. Really? Yeah, this thing was huge. This one was printed in Germany. Then it's, you know, but this is a, an American deal. Uh, now, here's what we have. We on the cover, the top of it says Puck. And it's humor sketches, and it's got a little, their little, you know, slogan, their little logo, whatever. Here's what we have. We have a line of people, Victorian-looking people, a lot of top hats, you know, uh, big flowery hats on the women, you know, collars on the men, you know. And they're going into Reverend Howler's special revival matinee. They're going into the church, the entrance, right? And it says, Entrance. And then right next to them, it says exit. And these people are coming in. They're well-dressed, smiles on their faces, happy, you know. They come out looking like absolute mad people. They're screaming and yelling. Their collars are off. The women's hair is crazy. And it, they're coming out. It says eternal damnation. And there's the guy screaming at them. And they're, it says ignorance, foolishness, insanity, fear, terror, stupidity, um, elevated road. And, and they're, they're, so they come out of the exit of the church. And they're walking towards the insane asylum. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, it's, and it says over here, everlasting punishment, hellfire. So this cover of this 
big selling magazine is basically saying you're normal before you go in. Yeah. <laughs> and you come out insane. Yeah. I saw this and started researching it and thought, there's no way that a magazine in 2018 on a Target newsstand, on a Walmart newsstand, right. they wouldn't put, they'll put Hillary cheated blah, blah, blah on the National Enquirer. They'll right. put all that crap. Right. But they're not going to challenge religion on a newsstand. No. 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 So it made me start to wonder, I mean, were we more open-minded about this subject in 1880 than we are in 2018? Was it even was it possible in 1880? I don't know the answer. To put this on a newsstand and have people go, oh, that's horrible, and have some people go, oh, no, that's funny. Come on, that's funny. Right. Now, we don't even have the option. Well, I don't think that – I think you do have the option because it, it, it may not be on a newsstand, but it would definitely be in your feed on oh, Facebook. Oh, well, yeah. Or, you know I, mean, I mean, but with – you know, on social media, and it probably would be on a but website that's to somewhere. You. But the other – what it yeah, says to me you look is at that – yeah, what this says to me is that we've always been here. This is where oh, we've yeah. always been. Yeah. Because that was 140 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. 1880. So 140 years ago. Yeah. They were, there was probably three guys in a room coming up with this. Giggling. Talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. And saying, to, can you believe that they would, like, why don't they take the ideas and be better just like we just did? It was just like we just did. Yeah. yeah. For they an just, hour, we just said all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. They just didn't have... They didn't have microphones. They didn't right. have the ability to record. What they did have the ability to do was draw and write, and it's the same fucking thing. And look, I mean, it says it's exiting the church, but they could be exiting one of Trump's rallies. It's, you know, right. it's the same. It's just exiting any, the any yes. large, any <laughs> large organization that, that, yeah, that yeah. wants to put you... And form you into this little thing. Mm-hmm. And tell you and what you, the rules are. And Yeah, the rules. God yeah. damn it, there's these rules yeah. that we have to live by. What about the rules? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what's what, what's yeah. black and white, what's right and wrong? Well, and do you think people evolve to a point where at some point in your life the rules are comforting? If you're a small child, if you're a good parent, your child has rules. Yeah. Because they need that for comfort. Sure. Do some people they just also never need it evolve. for they also need it for safety. Sure, safety, sure. comfort, security. <laughs> do some people never evolve to the point where they don't question the orthodoxy of these rules? It do could some be low. people yeah. go beyond it and say, you know, these rules, who made them up? I wasn't I wasn't in the room right. just that when question. We voted on these rules. Right. right. I don't agree with this rule. Yeah. I want to know why this rule exists. And maybe other people are just much more comfortable saying there's rules. Yeah. Obey those rules, because it makes me comfortable. If you have to obey the same damn rules, <laughs> well, look. If we if we can all agree on the rules, I'd be okay with there being rules. But there's never going to be rules for your mind, right. and there's never going to be rules for your soul. And 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 that is when you're trying to when you're trying to confine the mind. You know, we can all live by the rule of thou shalt not kill, right? Like it's in the Bible. I'm for that. Except for the rest of the Bible, which is all the exceptions. <laughs> and, then, and, and, and then, you know what I That's mean? That's me clapping for that line. <laughs> I recognize great comedy when I see it. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. the, 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 all of that, it, it, the rules, 
I, I agree with it. But I think, you know, here's the thing that kills me. You know, they're all about the rules. And then they'll say something like with Trump, like, well, and you'll say, well, you know, his business practice. And then they're like, well, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. No. Well, wait a minute. Which one of these rules are we allowed rules. to break? Right. And which, which one of ones are we allowed to break? And, and, which ones and how come the church and the government are always allowed to break them? And that there are no rules. That's tricky the dicky. Tricky dicky. If the president does it, it's not illegal. <laughs> what? Right. What? Hey, he actually, that argument again. The president oh, of the United States God. of America said if the president does it, it's not illegal. And we're getting that same argument. And we're getting the exact same argument yep. today. But the the difference is, what, 78% of the country were for Tricky Dicky. Now we got 40%, 35%, depending on the poll. And that's a little progress. Well, and you know? you know what's amazing about this? It, it, if you read, and it seems naive now, but you read Hamilton in the Federalist Papers, making the argument that the weight, the moral burden of that office would preclude this kind of behavior. Yes. Yeah. And... Uh. Probably Jefferson writing anonymously in answer to that saying, mm-hmm. no, no, it won't. No, yeah. it won't. No, it won't. It Unfortunately, will. Hamilton won that argument. Yeah. But that's the idea all the time, right? He's in the uniform. He's the guy at the top of the church. He's there. So he can't be immoral. There you go. Yes. There you go. Yes. He little boy. Of course he is. Yeah. I love the way you tied it all back together. That's absolutely true. Yeah. He's at the top of the pyramid. He's the number one Avon seller. And He's got you, his outfit. He's and, got the collar. And if you can't challenge him, if you can't challenge him in your mind, mm-hmm. if you can't challenge him in the institution, mm-hmm. then he has that ultimate power. He has that, and it'll corrupt every time. They think they're better than us. Yep. They think they're smarter than us. They think they're right, you know. And they're they, it, it, just not. Well, just like you said, safes built in. Yeah. Reverend King fucked a bunch of women. That yeah. doesn't make him a bad guy. Right. That just means he's flawed. Right. He's he's a human being. Right. Well, the most offensive thing recently with this whole kerfluffle with with uh, the Catholic priest and the molesting of children mm-hmm. was when they scheduled. The and across all these churches, a sermon of forgiveness, a mass of forgiveness. It's already built into the system yeah. that you can do all these awful things, but Jesus forgives. Yeah, yeah. if you and ask for it, we're telling you today in this sermon, you have to forgive. This is awful what they've done. We right. acknowledge it, but you have to forgive. No. It's, it's part of the rule. I say, if a priest or a preacher or any leader of a, a religious organization says, "I know the Lord has forgiven me," take the kids out of Sunday school. I think it, yeah. find another church. Yes. If a, yeah. if you hear someone yell, "God is great," just run. I know that much. And and run. Let, and, and can we finally say, when it comes to the Catholic priests and that whole situation? That that's one of those situations where it is the crime and not the cover-up, okay? The crime is worse. The, the crime, crime is, is what? The cover-up is horrible, but I expect that out of that. It's an organization. But the crime, because they always say it's not the crime to get you, it's the cover-up. Well, fuck you. That's The crime is what should get you. And to me, and to my personal idea right now, if you're still taking your kid to a Catholic church, we should be able to, you know, we should be able to arrest you for child abuse. 
because well i mean that's a joke i'm against that i'm against literally saying uh, having a law that says we can arrest you for child abuse <laughs> if you take a kid to catholic church but uh probation i'm for i mean you know yeah you know in-house suspension you have something on your leg you know blinks and wiggles whenever you get near you a, ch- a, a cross to do that though you know right yeah. i mean isn't it that anytime we give them that much power or that much uh, yes is it a th- it's not power it's authority Right when we when we believe that they have that authority, right? Then they have the because that's the only way they get the power anyway. Is, right. is a bunch of people believe and then they get it. Right. Well, and I, I don't want to pretend like this is peculiar to the Catholic Church. It's just very apparent because of their structure and, and the fact finding. But this is does run across many religions. Yeah, this is not. Oh that yeah. Oh no no I agree yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I agree Absolutely. with that too. You well, know where I'm it fits gonna... into that that idea of. Because um, I always love the economy, you know. What I, mean? I always love capitalism. Is that, you know, people? Well, that's the way the world works. It's the way, but it only works if you if you believe in it. And they keep saying, "Well, we don't have." What, what's the word that they use? They say that there's not a lot of, uh, like during the financial crisis, they were like, "Well, people don't believe in it enough. They're not, they're not." Uh, uh, I don't know. What, what, but whatever. I'm not but sure. But they always say that the markets are moral. Markets are moral. That makes no sense to me. No, it, it, it logically, we have, we have legitimately, we have proof that they're not. Right. They worked during slavery. I mean, they're, if ever there should moral, have been, or they're not. A, to a, me, a, they're a, not a, moral, a, or they're not immoral. They're yeah, they, they're, they're amoral. Yeah, they, they don't just matter. They don't care. They, don't they morality is not even weighted. Right. It's not not part of it. Am I fucking this up? Am I just no? I think that's beautiful. I you know not at all. I there's um there's a couple of things that I've said on stage that you know I mean when you walk up a stage you're you're speaking in public you know what I mean the majority of the stuff that I've said just kind of off the cuff you know what I mean right I regret you know (laughs) know what I mean yeah sometimes yeah I'm just not that guy I'm not the guy that says the right thing at the right time Uh, you know what I mean I'm I've seen comics like that that boy for whatever reason they're something happens and their brain just gives it to them right? right. I want to wrap this up with telling you two things I said on stage. That I'll be honest, I'm proud of. They came out of sight. I ate the right Cheerios that morning or something. They, my brain gave me an answer. You know what I'm saying? And the both of them have to do with what we're discussing. And, but I was on stage at the Punchline one night in Atlanta, Georgia, and Newt Gingrich comes in. Newt Gingrich. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we were told not to talk to him. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a great double and entendre right there. Comics, are, we, we carry tranquilizer guns with us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And why are you telling us we can't shoot the elephant? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got banned for a month. Well, that banned, you know, I was told not to come back for a while, you know, because I told him that he can shut the hell up because I'm Speaker of the House now. <laughs> nice. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. At that moment, I was like, but here's something I really like. I said I was in Canada. We were doing a show in a church, right? It's converted church, but you walked in. It's a church. I mean, this yeah, isn't. Yeah, they they hadn't renovated this thing any. They just it was no longer a religious service. Right. It was now it's just a building. It, now it's just a building, but it looks like a church that some artists bought, and now they put on plays and stuff there. So, right. I'm on stage, and and uh, Tom was with me. Tom Simmons. I'm on stage, and someone yelled something at me, and I couldn't hear them. You know, I, I said, what did you say? Could you repeat that? You know, they yelled, they yelled it again. And I went, I, 
I'm sorry. Could you repeat that one one more time? One more time. And they yelled it again, and I said, I, I'm not. I'm. I, this room isn't built for you to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking uh, love that. Yeah, one of my favorite things I've ever said. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't uh, acoustically. It's not. Uh, right. I'm not supposed to hear from you at all. Right. You ask uh, no questions. You are the congregation, yeah. my friend. Can I end this though? Can I? I, yes, I know I'm not. Do. I know it's your show, but can no, I end no, it this no, no, way? no, no. Please. I just want to say that, um, and I don't know how much truth is in this. I just I know that this is what I've heard about our friend Stuart Huff, that the way that he writes is that he has an idea and he walks in a circle. And he just thinks, and he just keeps thinking until he has a line that he believes the right line, and then he writes that down, and then he continues to walk into a circle. And from what I heard is that his he used to do it in the house, and he walked a path in the carpet to the point that it had worn down the carpet, and his wife made him go outside. <laughs> And now he has walked like this little track space outside of his house. Why am I being mocked at the ending of this podcast? I am not mocking you. I love the idea that you spend time thinking. And, uh, And you know what? You would think, well, that's what comedians do. That is not what comedians do. All right. Uh, not, not, and it's certainly not to that degree where they've turned everything off, they're inside of their head, and they're trying to find that perfect line. And that's one of the things that makes you so fucking great is because you've done that with every line of what you're doing in a show, and that's why you've done all the work. So you should be allowed to put a little paper towel up there with your name <laughs> and an arrow that says Stuart. I love it. Junk. And that's why you're a that, philosopher to me and not a comedian. I am a philosopher. I'm a philosopher. And I, I hey, I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to add one thing to Danny's thing. I'm going to I'm going to accept that compliment that he just cuz it's true. I walk in circles. My wife kicked me out. And I <laughs> and I walk in damn circles. I walk in circles. And I'm going to throw a little bit of art on the end of this and then we're going to say good night and uh, I hope you enjoy the episode, right? But I, I got to be honest. I'm real happy. One of the things I love about comedy, okay, yeah. is that is a circle. It's not a line. Oh. It's never going to end. Oh. There is no ending. You know, I'm going to walk in square. those circles and think these thoughts and and go through frustration and elation and and absolute pride and extreme insecurities and yeah. crushing thoughts. And I'm going to go through that until I just fall over. You know, and then it's over. But my God, what what a great circle to walk in. Thinking, thinking, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm right, I might be right, I don't know. Oh my God. You remember what this guy said? How does that add to it? Oh my god. I never I never want to be part of a pyramid that does not allow me to ask questions. There you go. No pyramid. There you go. Go check out Daniel Berrigan. You you won't regret it. Thank you for listening. Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities is an on tour production. Matt Holt producer matt holt also wrote that sentence if you want to support us please rate and review us on itunes anything you do is greatly appreciated you can visit our facebook page also at Stuart huff's obsessive curiosities we'll post items of interest there and you can chit chat with other obsessives i even stop by from time to time to see if i can buy anything from anybody 
I've been Stuart Huff. If you've liked my obsession as much as I do, thank you very much for listening to me.